Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Thursday, about 2.30. It's wrapped up my own workout, filmed a ton of stuff for our 47-day transformation, folks, and our inner circle, guys. And a couple of things will drip out to all of you listening who follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever else we're dripping out content these days. You guys will get to see some of it as the week goes on. And I'm sure all of you by now are, are sick of watching the news and hopefully you're not consuming it every day because that can be a unfun experience if you get down the, the, the negative kind of rabbit hole of shit that's going on there. So I want to drop you a podcast on something a little bit lighter that I think it'll provide you some value. And we're talking the benefits of dark chocolate here. Now, most people love chocolate in some shape or form. We're going to talk about the differences the history of it, how it works, how it can benefit you in your life, how much you could consume, and all of those amazing things. But before I dig in on that, I want, I want to touch on two things super quick. Since you guys are all trapped at home and a lot of us can't see each other for a decent amount of time, hopefully, my people, you still recognize me, obviously, when you come back. And those of you who have never been here to Scottsdale, when we start to open up the world again and you can travel, I hope when you come in here you feel like you know me after all the videos and the speaking that we've done at this point. I'll be happy to meet you guys and uh, you know get you a free t-shirt and melt your face off in a workout uh, for sure. But yesterday I had the opportunity to speak to the University of Minnesota Morris men's baseball team. And... Uh, Long story short, one of my childhood friends that I grew up with, him and I played baseball together our entire lives, and uh, I end up playing basketball in college. He ends up obviously playing baseball. He's become the head coach. We're about the same age, and uh, very cool to see, you know, that even if you grow up like like we did as a bunch of just little knucklehead criminals, you can uh, you can make something of your life if you get your shit together, but had a chance to talk with a team, 20-some-plus uh, guys on a, on a giant Zoom call. Very humbled to be able to do that. I, I mean that with all sincerity. The fact that somebody would want me to come speak the life into some young men who I used to be in their shoes. Uh, in fact, probably worse off than them, money-wise, uh, IQ-wise, and just background in general. So I was once these young men, for sure, and now I'm the old guy because I could literally be their their dad at this point, which is crazy uh, to think, but speaking to them and just answering their questions about habits, mindset, nutrition, fitness, what they should do now in the season of life they're in. As I got on the call and Matt and Matt is their head coach is talking, I'm listening and I've been selfish like throughout this, obviously. And I think all of us have to be a little bit because, you know, self-preservation is a real thing. And I think about this in terms of a lot of different people. Like I've thought about this in terms of like my wife, like those people who were furloughed, the people at the company who are actually laid off, who don't have a a job to come back to as of today, the people who their industries are wiped out, people who have lost their entire businesses, friends of mine who have had family members who have lost their lives to this, which is super sad. I thought about all of those things. And yesterday was the first time I thought about it from the, the college athlete perspective, like in, in detail, like I, I knew it, but it wasn't real because I, I'm so far removed from the world, right? Like I'm a, I'm a middle-aged guy that I have not lived that life in, in 15 years or so. And to listen to the guys who are seniors who, who are five games into their senior season and have it, you know, completely 
wiped out and maybe having the opportunity to, to maybe come back for a fifth year, what that looks like academically, what that looks like you know, eligibility-wise, what it looks like scholarship-wise. I don't know what I would do. I don't even want to think about it. It's too depressing for me to think. But as I sat there and listened you know, to him talk about that, these guys are five games into their senior year of playing baseball, and it's, and it's over, right? And the odds of them starting the season again are, are slim to none. They're all at home school now, you know, doing their schoolwork and, and making the best of it. And that's what I, I came on to talk about. And as I sat there and I heard that, I'm like, what if I was in my last year of playing collegiate sports? And I was five games in. They're just like, it's done because of this virus. You can't play. And I know it's the responsible thing to do uh, to be safe for, you know, it's not overwhelm the healthcare system. But man, that would have been crushing to me. Like, because when you're in that season, and now I think about it, I'm like, oh, that sucks for them, and I just go on with my day. But if I can put myself in the position of me being 21, 22 years old again, and I and I dedicated my life to sports, literally, I didn't care about anything other than probably hooking up with girls, video games, and, and maybe drinking booze a little bit here or there. But I cared about basketball number one. Nothing else mattered than that. Basketball was more important than hooking up with chicks. Which, if you're a dude, you, you know how how high high in the hierarchy that is. And that would have crushed me. I don't know how I would have dealt with that. Not with as much grace as, as I would today, for sure. And these young men, you know, put on a good face, at least for me, and had the best attitude possible. And it was just, it was interesting to see, because obviously this is some sad shit across the board. But when you really see how it affects these guys, that would be disheartening. Because they've worked their entire lives for this. They have played baseball since they were probably six years old. And this is the pinnacle for them because most of them are not going to play professional. This is it. And to have it end this way is just, it's, it's shitty, man. And I don't know how else to say it. And it pales in comparison to people obviously losing their lives and things like that. But nonetheless, it, it still does suck. And on a lighter note, this morning, as I'm uh, messaging some friends, we're going back and forth, uh, Kirk Herbstreet from uh, College Game Day uh, followed me on Twitter. And actually sent me a, a really polite, a nice message today on my Twitter. Uh, instant message. So that was kind of cool. I've been watching college football my whole life. If you guys follow, follow college football, um, you know, Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Lee Corso are the guys that do college game day every Saturday. And uh, for him just to shoot me, you know, didn't have to do that. You know, he can follow my stuff and watch it, the podcast or the videos or whatever, you know, he follows on our stuff. But to send me a, a, a private message to go out of his way was pretty cool. And I thought it was nice and kind of neat uh, knowing how much I have loved college football my whole life and how much in college I played NCAA college football. Like literally like we would play like uh, play basketball, try to hook up with chicks and then literally play NCAA college football for like seven hours a night, every single night and then study somewhere in between. And to have, you know, Kirk shoot me a message that was very nice and very kind uh, about the content we put out in Crate. I thought it was pretty cool. So that's my kind of my neat story for the day of just, you know, I have gratitude. I, I really do. I feel lucky. I feel blessed to be able to do this and, and be healthy and have this mind and this body. And admittedly, this sucks, you know, for business and, and for people to not be connected and all of those things. But I do feel uh, like I'm one of the lucky ones. I really do. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. And so now I'll stop wasting your time and we'll get into uh, the benefits of dark chocolate here. Now, full disclaimer, uh, I like all kinds of stuff. Like I like salty stuff. I like sweet stuff. I like Reese's peanut butter cups. 
I do. I actually, you know, I like the Reese's eggs are better because there is, Stacy Dill pointed this out to me, there's a such a wider distribution of peanut butter in the, like, the Reese's eggs cups, like around the holidays, like the Christmas ones and the Easter ones. They put so much more peanut butter in those than the normal Reese's peanut butter cups. Maybe that's why I like them more. And also, what I found about a year ago, they make these giant Reese's peanut butter cups and they put Reese's pieces inside the Reese's giant cups so man it's like i don't know if, how, how you describe that that's like doing coke and smoking weed at the same time it's like double drugs it's like it's insane i do like those as well but dark chocolate is the healthier option for you guys i think we all know that by now i will say my mom at christmas time like when you bought these they're like these dark chocolate sea salt caramels they can't be healthy at all because i could eat about 100 of those in a row uh, I'm addicted to them, but there is benefits to dark chocolate. Not the Reese's stuff I'm talking about, and probably not the 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 sea salt, you know, dark chocolate caramels. But real dark chocolate does have benefits, and my wife has been very good about keeping those in the house in uh, using those more often than not, and that's kind of cured her sweet tooth. And I'll say this: there is a couple of brands that that she's got. Uh, the endangered species brand. It's kind of like that that dark velvety one where it's 85% dark. That one is uh, that one I do like uh, for sure. She does have like a true organic, like the Theo version. Like they have a 85% dark one too. Those are great. And I do find if I'm struggling like to, to cure like a sweet tooth, throwing that in does solve the trick. Now you can't go eat the giant Reese's peanut butter cups with Reese's pieces inside of it and then eat the dark chocolate because it'll make it taste like shit. It's just like you can't go eat Halo Top and Enlightened after Ben and Jerry's, but that 85% kind of velvety dark chocolate, the endangered species brand has been kind of my favorite and just ripping off a little chunk of it uh, as I make dinner or in between stuff does kind of get me through. At least that's helped for me, but to share the benefits of dark chocolate in how you can integrate it into your life and why I think it's a nice, you know, savor food, meaning it's going to, is it going to cure your hankering for chocolate chip cookie dough? Probably not. But on a Tuesday when you don't want to eat like shit, if that's what gets you through, that's the benefit. So a lot of this info came from uh, harvard.edu. Uh, they have a huge script on it and it took from a handful of other sites, but there's no introduction needed for dark chocolate. We all know what it is. I think most of you know there is benefits to it. And it dates back to 2000 BC. So old school, right? So at the time, the Maya from Central America were the first connoisseurs of chocolate. They actually drank it as a bitter fermented beverage with spices or wine. I did not know this. So I'm, the more you know, we're learning each day. So how it works is this. Here's the process. The seeds or the beans, right, are extracted from the pod and fermented, dried, and roasted into what we recognize as like the cacao beans. And the shells of the bean are then separated from the meat or like the cacao nibs. And the nibs are ground into a liquid called that chocolate liqueur, right? Or chocolate liquor, depending if you're from the Midwest or how fancy you want to get with your language. I'm from the Midwest. I keep things pretty ghetto. Uh, and you separate the fatty portion from, you know, or like from the cacao butter, right? So the liqueur is further refined to produce the cacao solids and the chocolate that we eat. 
And after removing the nibs and the cacao bean is ground into that powder that we're all used to. And that is used in baking or obviously beverages. Now, dark chocolate contains about 50 to 90% of the cacao solids um, and the cacao butter and the sugar. Whereas milk chocolate contains anywhere from 10 to 15% of the cacao solids. So that's the difference. Your dark chocolate is like the 50 to 90%. And your normal kind of milk chocolate is that 10 to 50%, and the rest of it's filled with the butter, milk in some form, and then obviously sugar. They added to it to make it super sweet, and that's what gets us addicted uh, typically. And I don't think it's just the sugar. Now, and I'll, this is a side note here. People will say, and, I, and I've said it before too, and, I, and I, I don't, it's not wrong to say it, but in the context we say it, it isn't correct. So we say like sugars like crack, sugars as addicting as cocaine. That is not true. If it was, then we would just take table sugar and we would snort it or just eat it. It's the combination of the sugars and fats together. That's what becomes super addicting, right? Now, th- things are addictive, like Sour Patch Kids, I guess, if you like them. But when we say it's it's highly addictive, like cookies, like chocolate chip cookies are like crack, it's not just the sugar in it. It's the mix of the chocolate, the fats, the sugars, the butters, and everything that's what makes it highly addictive, in my humble opinion. That's just me. So back to our podcast topic. So through dark chocolate, it does not contain milk. So like legit dark chocolate should not contain milk. There's probably traces of milk because it's going to be cross-contaminated due to the processing, as the same machinery is, is typically used for both milk chocolate and dark chocolate. But the dark chocolate itself is devoid of it, or typically the, the higher quality stuff. Now, the lower quality chocolates are going to add butter, uh, butter fat for sure, probably vegetable oils. Also, a lot of them will add artificial colors and flavors. And again, that's what makes us, and that's what we're used to, right? As kids, when we eat things like, uh, Snickers, Milky Way, Reese's, for example. And if you take something like white chocolate, that contains zero cacao solids and is made simply of the cacao butter, sugar, and the milk. So as you kind of go down the list, you can, I don't want to say like fake and real, but your dark chocolate is, is the real. And as it kind of goes down the chain and it looks less and less like that dark chocolate, kind of the quote unquote faker. I guess it gets. So that's the process, if you guys cared to know it. Now, if we're talking benefits of dark chocolate, there is quite a few that I found. A lot of them surprising to me even, and I'll keep this as, as basic as I can. But one, again, all this is in moderation. You can't go eat two pounds of dark chocolate or three bags of like dark chocolate chips and think that you made a great choice. It's just like people say like, oh, drinking some wine is, is good for you. There are studies you can pull, but if you're drinking wine like, you know, it's happy hour or it's girls night and your your one pour is like four restaurant pours, that's not what we're talking about. So moderation here is the key. So some of the benefits. One, it can improve your insulin sensitivity, which is golden. Two, it's been shown to decrease blood pressure, which is amazing for most of us, especially in this stressful time. That we're all stuck in. I think some of our blood pressures uh, are probably a little bit elevated. I haven't checked mine recently. I'm fine now. Uh, I had my episodes early on enough with this shit. Uh, Number three, it can improve the B cell function for better immune response. Number four, it can lower the total 
LDL cholesterol and actually raise the HDL cholesterol, which is pretty cool, I thought. It actually can make that LDL cholesterol more resistant to the you know oxidative damage that it, it can incur. It also can induce coronary vasodilation, which reduces the pressure in the arteries. It can decrease the platelet adhesion resulting from low blood vessel damage. It can improve cognitive performance, which is pretty cool to think that. Again, these are things I pulled you guys from multiple sources. So if you want to harass me about it, that's fine. Or if you want to ask me for the sources, I'm happy to give them to you. Next, it can protect the skin from ultraviolet light or those kind of UV type rays, right? It can improve mood, health, related quality of life. I think anytime you eat chocolate, it improves your mood and your quality of life, right? Even if it's dark chocolate. And also has been shown to release dopamine and some serotonin in the body, which is ideal. Now, observational studies have suggested the link between the high cacao chocolate intake of about six grams daily, which you're listening say, well, what the hell does that mean, Jeremy? About one to two small squares is probably ideal for most people. And it can help reduce the risk of heart disease and mortality, which is pretty badass. Again, that's possible in part by reducing blood pressure and the overall inflammation. So when you guys are doing your daily kind of dark chocolate intake, one to two squares, depending on the brand you're buying, is probably ideal. Or about, you know, six total grams because it can reduce your risk of heart disease, which crushes thousands and thousands of people in America. And again, which is going to cut down your mortality rate by actually helping reduce the blood pressure and inflammation in the body. Now, quick side note about inflammation. We're talking that the chronic shitty inflammation that kills you. The body has to have some inflammation to help us fight disease. If we had zero inflammation in the body, I believe every virus and disease would attack us and we'd die. Any doctor listening, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that is my understanding of it. So some inflammation we need, but the chronic shit inflammation that causes us to, to be susceptible to disease and wears us down, it can help against that, which is pretty cool. Next on the list, dark chocolate is high in calories. So again, per ounce, you guys are looking at about 150 to 170 calories per ounce, which obviously, again, if you overeat, can contribute to you guys gaining weight. So that's why we say, and again, we're all going to differ. If you're a 300-pound dude and you're super fit, you can probably eat a little bit more. If you're a 98-pound female, you probably can't eat as much. So again, for most of us, generally speaking, one to two squares, about six grams per day, is probably ideal. So again, things like you know, chocolate, just like nuts, they can induce uh, satiety. So for a lot of you guys, you're going to be satisfied longer. I like to add it into a meal. So if you're eating your, your lunch, throw a square in. If you're eating your dinner, throw a square or two in. I think you'll be okay. For a lot of people, choosing dark chocolate and, and eating you know, modest quantities of it, like in moderation, is going to offer a greater health benefit. Again, what is dark chocolate rich in and why would we eat it on top of that? A, because it tastes good. Two, it saves you from eating other shit, but it is rich in iron, it's rich in copper, it's rich in magnesium, phosphorus, the flavanols, of course, and then obviously it's rich in zinc, which if you guys know anything about your immune system right now, especially the season you're in, if you're going to load the body up with anything, A, number one, athletic greens, but two, which has zinc and C in it, but two, loading the body up with, I believe, zinc uh, in vitamin C is going to be ideal, then obviously getting some sunshine, but dark chocolate is rich 
in zinc. So I do think it's ideal. Now, when you purchase it and you store it, what would you look for? Personally, we tend to go with the 85%. Again, I do think the Endangered Species brand at 85% is ideal. Uh, the True Organics, kind of the Theo brand, those guys are good. There's a, there's a handful of quality brands out there. I like the organic. I like the less processed shit personally. If the 85% is too dark for you guys, what I would say is choose a 70% or darker or higher. Uh, to obtain the most flavanols possible in the dark chocolate. So 70, you can go crazy and get to the 90s if you want. I think 85% is kind of the sweet spot where it doesn't taste like, you know, shit. <laughs> and it still is going to give you uh, a good amount of benefits overall. And so keep in mind, the higher percentage of the cacao solids, the greater the bitter flavor, clearly. So if you're in like, you know, 70 it's going to be sweeter than the 90s so just keep that in mind depending on what your personal palate is or what your purpose is if you're just trying to get it to cure the sweet tooth or if you want the most benefits possible that's on you guys in terms of storage i would store in a cool dry place at least 60 to 70 degrees fahrenheit uh, in a tightly sealed container um a lot of people say don't refrigerate, which can promote the chocolate to bloom. That's kind of that, that, that whitish coating caused by the sugar rising to the surface due to excess moisture. And the bloom does not affect the flavor, but does not look appealing. So stored properly, I think a lot of you guys, the dark chocolate can last probably up to like two years, which is crazy. What we tend to do at our house, we put it in the freezer and we eat it within probably about a week. Or in three, four days. So we never see any of the bloom really come to life. We eat it rather quick. So personally, I go freezer. It helps us as like a treat. But if you're going to do it somewhere, cool, dry, no hotter than 70 degrees. I live in Scottsdale. Uh, it's basically over 80 here every single day now. And in the summertime, you're talking hundreds plus. Some days 110, 115, crazy shit. So freezer works for us. Also, the higher percentage of cacao solids, the higher in caffeine content. So keep in mind, just two ounces of kind of, let's say that 70% dark chocolate contains about 50 to 60 milligrams of caffeine. In comparison, an eight ounce cup of coffee contains 100 to 200 milligrams of caffeine. So just know there is caffeine in that natural dark chocolate for you guys. So super simple. Obviously, the health benefits of dark chocolate, they're plentiful. Um, and they're discovering more stuff all the time. Obviously, you know, 25 years ago, I didn't, you know, think we ever thought there was any health benefits to wine. I don't think 30 years ago, we ever thought there was a ton of health benefits to dark chocolate. So there's always new stuff coming out. And as I know more, I'll share more. As I know better, I'll do better for you guys here. Um, and you should note that, obviously, the dark chocolate uh, that studied for a lot of this is typically high in that, uh, you know, cacao content. And when you guys are looking for stuff, personally, 70 and up. For a lot of you, if you're health conscious, 80 grams and up. And again, I believe that 85% range is probably ideal. And again, if you want to go out, try the Endangered Species brand, kind of that strong velvety one, uh, I do think is sweet enough. And again, I like all the, the, the fake stuff. So if I'm saying it, I think it's pretty legit. So again, the milk chocolate, not ideal. That doesn't have the benefits. It's literally just sugar. Uh, and I think it's going to do more harm for good than you guys. I would limit that process stuff to no more than maybe once a week. But in your normal routine, if it's fitting your macros and if you want to be healthy and have some benefits but cure your sweet tooth, 
make sure you go with a dark chocolate 70 or up 85 is probably the range and obviously fits into you know the macro breakdown and you're just enjoying it in moderation so Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that little quick down history lane of dark chocolate and the benefits it can bring to you guys. Again, at our house, I try to only do it in the evenings with my dinner, but if I make you know lunch or something and I slam the athletic greens and I make uh, you know whatever I eat, my eggs and chicken sausage and cauliflower rice, I might snap off a square or two and crush it and do the same thing, obviously, in the evening. I do think it is a great benefit to a lot of you, and again... If it helps you from eating other stuff, I think it's a win for sure. And we talk about a lot of times like, oh, well, it's this. You know, I get people who get so crazy with their food stuff who used to eat like complete shit. And all of a sudden now they want to be healthy and they're tripping out about, oh, there's sugar in carrots or, oh, there's a high calorie count in dark chocolate. If the worst thing you're doing is having a couple of squares of dark chocolate every single day and you're eating vegetables and your diet is full of quality proteins and quality fats and you're getting good sleep and you're exercising, you guys are winning. And I mean this with all sincerity. I've never met anybody in 15 years who dark chocolate was the reason they were overweight. Dark chocolate was the reason they became fat. Dark chocolate was the reason they became unhealthy. It just wasn't. Nobody was that addicted to it. As good as it is, it ain't giant Reese's peanut butter cups with little Reese's pieces in the middle. So take that for it is you guys hopefully enjoyed it. Anything else you want to hear on the podcast, shoot me a message, hit me up. I'm happy to record it. I'm just trying to give you guys as much quality stuff to educate you, uh, to keep you motivated, to keep you jacked, to keep your mind in the right place. So you can keep kicking ass regardless of the season that you are in right now. So if you're on iTunes right now, stop, don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app, scroll your finger all the way down, five-star this bad boy, drop me a couple sentences, same thing for the MacBook or your iPad on the iTunes icon, click ratings and reviews, five-star, leave me a couple sentences, I truly would appreciate it. If you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please do so, we have about 1,040 videos on there, all of the podcast follow-along workouts are now being loaded on there, especially this season we're in right now we're pumping out even more things and all the stuff on ig as well so i appreciate you guys for doing that and again have an amazing rest of your thursday you guys stay sweaty and stay safe and until next time eat well train hard be nice to people and please you guys keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to i'll talk to you guys soon peace